Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire fintech industry. Today, we are joined by Olivia Mitchell, Director at OpenFin. OpenFin is the operating system for enterprise productivity. The largest global financial institutions use OpenFin's intelligent workspaces and developer platform to help their teams work smarter, faster, and more effectively. Olivia has worked for the likes of the Third Bridge Group and Bloomberg, and has recently joined OpenFin as a director. She is here today to share her story and her learns along the way. And Olivia, I am super happy for you to be here um, and excited to hear what you can share with us. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here too. Like you said, I'm very new at OpenFin. So yeah, it's, it's a, just the start of my journey here, but I'm very excited to kind of share uh, about yeah, what it's been like so far. Brilliant. So that's probably a really good segue into the beginning of this. Tell us about your role at OpenFin, what that actually entails and looks like, because director is so um, all-encompassing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm in the go-to-market team um, at OpenFin, so responsible for driving the acquisition of new business across the uh, EMEA region. So yeah, so literally like looking at buy-side, sell-side customers who can best utilize our products and services. And so what I do on a day-to-day basis really varies because sometimes, you know, as you can imagine, there's a lot of Zoom calls, conversations, um, finding where our solution can best aid uh, people in their development journey when they're developing applications. But also, as I met you at a conference, I go out to conferences and events quite a lot now that they're back and really kind of building my network or rebuilding my network, should I say, say, because I had a couple of years um, out before coming to OpenFin. But yeah, that's my, my roles and responsibility. Yeah, that's great. And, and it's so great that you mentioned um, the, the, the networking events and the conferences. And it really is a, a time right now. I'm, fingers, my fingers are crossed at the minute when I say this. I want to say post-pandemic that events yeah. are back and we're, we're feeling safe. But, you know, we've, we've seen each other at a couple of events recently. And these events are hundreds and hundreds of people there in, in quite crowded spaces, but it's exciting to, to have that collaboration back and that sort of pers- like personal touch of, of what networking really can be. Um, but while, whilst we're talking about that, OpenFin's been present at these events and quite prominent at these events this year. What would you say that OpenFin does that's unique in today's marketplace? I think it probably makes sense for me to kind of go back to the beginning to answer this question of where OpenFin kind of started. And OpenFin was born out of a need for, uh, you know, buy side and sell side uh, institutions who wanted to develop great applications, but they were kind of stuck between whether to develop them using native kind of old technology or build using uh, web technology, because both, both of them have their advantages and both of them had their disadvantages. And so OpenFin built a technology that's sort of a hybrid. So it's built on web, but it has the look and the feel and all of the great user experience components that native technology has. And so that was our kind of traditional product and developers would work with that. And that utility is actually behind most of the world's largest banks, single deal, single deal platforms. So we always say we're the biggest name that you've never heard of because OpenFin's technology is deployed on 350,000 desktops across, uh, across finance, which is uh, more than, than Bloomberg, my, my first employer. Um, so that kind of gives the kind of the breadth and the scale of where OpenFin is. We just sit behind. But one of the things that we, or the company, I should say, because it was before I started, but 
the company has you know these fantastic relationships this fantastic technology and the customers that we have the relationships with the banks the buy side the vendors the application owners were all struggling with some of the same challenges so they're all struggling with workplace productivity workplace efficiency employee happiness you know we did um, a survey with kpmg last month that revealed you know 50 percent of employees are likely to leave their employer or would think about leaving their employer if they were offered better technology solutions elsewhere and so this is these are the kind of challenges that people are thinking about and so we had this great technology that allowed you know applications to do these really cool things like get applications to talk to each other on the desktop and so we've built a workplace productivity tool um, that solves you know i think the easiest way to conceptualize is it's always hard sometimes to describe technology that sits behind things but um if you look at a trader's desktop and a trader might have six seven eight screens and these screens are full of different kinds of applications so they've got their bloomberg maybe they've got their fact set they've got their um their oms their ems they've got their chat and all of these applications are siloed and they don't deliver things to one place or in one uniformed way and so what openfin does is unify all these applications into one desktop experience allowing them to actually speak to each other so you can update one thing in one app and that updates in another app so you don't have to copy and paste you don't like risk making a mistake um we deliver notifications um all in one unified center so if i'm an if i'm a trader i'm getting a trade alert but i'm also getting a chat i'm getting something else popping up they might all pop up in different places i used to be on traders at the trading floors all the time when i was at bloomberg and it's crazy the amount of stuff that's competing for their intention so openfin really brings everything and consolidates everything together to make you know an employee's working day easier more productive and I think that's so fascinating just to hear you talk through all of that because you're, you're coming from such a wonderful angle of, of the individual, making them more productive, making them happier, the, the engagement. You know, you're talking about, well, you're talking my language, the people language, isn't it? Um, and I get so excited you know, talking about this, hearing about it, and then seeing action follow up from it. Now, we also spoke about um, your career history um, and there was something that you covered, which I thought was just really important for us to raise in this podcast, because um, having been um, in this uh, industry for a number of years, business travel was something that you've had a lot of exposure to and a lot of thoughts on. And actually, as part of this podcast, the Women of Fintech series, the inclusion debate, um, and actually the wider inclusion debate, business travel is a hot topic now especially as we're returning to the office and that you can travel so i just wanted you to share your experience and thoughts pre during post pandemic yeah so my very first role um and, and actually all my roles up until up until openfin have required me to travel and in my first role very significantly so for four years maybe even five years i traveled uh, to the scandinavian region which i loved um i will never say anything bad about scandinavia that was great but i used to travel every monday get back every thursday night three weeks a month and then one week off and then and then rinse and repeat and that was fine for me because i was you know in my early 20s i didn't have any responsibilities no family um, but one thing I noticed when I looked around the other kind of sales teams was that, you know, in the in the sales to the traveling sales teams, you maybe had representations 10, 15% females. And if you looked at the London teams, it was far more equal. And there was a reason for that because it got to a point that you, you know, when you started wanting to have a family, that you took a step back. You said, well, you know what, I can't, if I have a, if a brand new baby at home, I just physically, I, I can't be away from, from my home for three nights a week, 
three weeks a month. And I, I don't think it was an intentional um, exclusion. It's a, I, I guess it's a catalyst of a business decision to decide that being in front of people is so, so important. And I definitely think that, you know, personal relationships, there's nothing like, you know, we said with the networking, there's nothing like really seeing people in person. Zoom has been an amazing thing, but there's nothing like seeing people in person. But I did think that going into the pan, sorry, coming out of the other end of the pandemic, that this would change because we've seen how easy it is to operate, do business and build relationships via, via Zoom. Um, and unfortunately, I've got this fear, and we'll see because we've got to see what post-pandemic actually looks like. This fear that, you know, that that mentality will will creep back in, and to the point like my my fiance has just been applying for jobs, and one of the job specifications of the the one he was interviewing for was business travel will be required forty to fifty percent of the time. Now, I don't think employers are deliberately excluding applicants when they put that onto a job specification. But if I went onto a job specification, and I did when I was applying for OpenFin, you know, three, four months ago, I looked at job specifications, I wouldn't have applied for that. Because, you know, in the next couple of years, perhaps I want to have a family. And I think that's something that's really important for employers to start to think about how necessary is it? Or am I potentially, you know, stopping women from also being able to climb up the ladder because they can't put themselves into those positions and there's more positions available for people that can travel? Um, so that's something that I've started to think about quite um quite deeply and something i really hope will change and you know change always takes time but it's one of the things that really appealed to me about openfin was the you know this level of flexibility understanding that you know not just for for women just the same for men you know family comes first a lot of my male colleagues they pick their children they take their children to school in the morning they pick them up in the evening there's no difference for us and i think that's amazing and there would never be any like you have to do this do you know what i mean it's a really, really interesting one, isn't it? Because I think that there's so many people out there who are hiring at the moment um, and they're putting things like that on their job descriptions without really pausing for thoughts and thinking, well, actually, are, are we driving applicants away? Um, and I think there was something that you, you said there that really um, you know, touched home with me on um, just not being able to do the travel and therefore not being able to do the application. And you know me, I'm very focused on my career, and it would be such a well more than a shame. Um, it would be a travesty if suddenly the parameters of my working world were made in such a way that I I wasn't able to do what I am able to do in the workplace right now. And that's the actual crux of it. Um, look, I know I'm preaching to the to the choir here. Like you are so passionate about culture and environment, and. And I think what really shines through is, is the culture and environment that set people up to be the best that they can be. You mentioned a couple of things there about OpenFin, but what really drew you to OpenFin? I think after working in a very large organisation and then a larger organisation than OpenFin, I should say, not a particularly large organisation, but still, you know, more than a thousand people. It was the opportunity to be involved in something where it is relatively small. And I didn't want to be in a role where I'm a number. I want to be in a role where I can kind of have insight into business decisions and influence business decisions and really kind of make an impact. And I think that's really important, like for my own personal growth, to be able to see, okay, what's it like to be in a company that's going through these certain phases and how do, how do they, they act? So I think, yeah, the closeness to, to decisions. I saw that when I moved from Bloomberg to Thurbridge, I was already kind of party to a lot more than I had been at Bloomberg. Bloomberg, of course, like I wasn't party to anything <laughs> really because it's such a big organization. 
but yeah, I think, you know, I saw, okay, I could see the benefit of doing, doing something like this. It was something that an environment that I thrived in when I feel like I can really, really make an impact. Open fin so far is, is just like cementing those, mm. those views. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? What impact does to engagement. And you know, this is, this is the conversation everyone's having. How can, how can they uh, help their employees become or, or remain as engaged as possible. And you know, this, this impact piece is, is so important. Also, I really love, love the experience you've had of, of having that couple of years break and then returning to the industry because it, I can't remember which event it was. I think it was the fixed conference that we bumped into each other. And I said to you, oh, what have you noticed that's different? And I wanted you just to share that with our, our audience. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not the most exciting thing, but the biggest thing that's different is the, the, this complete difference in mentality to flexibility. It's sort of like the pandemic has woken everybody up to everything that was wrong with the way that we were working, not being able to, to be away from the desk or, you know, if you have a doctor's appointment, you sort of like have to, you know, ask somebody's permission. I think that kind of stuff has changed. It's like, okay, now we focus more on on the person, on the human. I definitely, definitely see that. And the whole hybrid for like uh, working model, I think suits so many people better. Uh, I know personally for me, I'm so much more productive when I'm at home. And to have that option to say, okay, I want to be at home because I'm more productive because I'm just me here and I don't get distracted. And maybe you can tell I'm a bit of a chatterbox. And when I'm in the office, it's fantastic because I get to build those relationships with the people I work with and learn from them. So I really think there's a benefit of having both, but being able to give people that flexibility and treating people that, you know, I'm here to do my job. I want to be good at my job. Let me be good at my job. I think there's been a huge shift in the mindset of, of employers that's been forced. Um, and I think that's probably the single best thing that's come out of the pandemic mm. and and i'll quote you on that let me be good at my job like that is absolutely spot on it's everything that we're talking about and while we're on this subject what advice would you give to other people returning from a break i think again i think it's, the, it's one of the first times in at least in my 10 11 years that having a career break has not been seen as a bad thing when i was doing my interviews for for openfin and other places it was amazing to me how many people were like oh wow that's really cool and i think it's really important to kind of take a little bit of pride in that if you're coming back from a break you've learned things in that break that other people have been that have been at their computers and haven't taken a, a mindset shift from their job haven't learned so for me personally you know because my break was uh, a break where I was traveling and I decided to do a little bit of my own like own things and I worked a lot on personal development you know, I learned how to do copywriting. I learned how to edit videos. I learned how to do so many things. Now, they might not necessarily look like, well, that's going to be relevant, but some of those skills that I've learned actually probably help me be a better salesperson. I've also learned how to be, I think, even more tenacious and things like that. So I think if you've had a, a career break, you have to remember like what you're going to bring to the table now is something completely different to what the other, you know, five, 10 people in your team might be bringing to the table. And that's really powerful. So it's having that confidence to know, okay, yeah, I've done this break and this is everything that I've learned. Whatever your break is for, you're always going to have learned something different to the people that are sitting at the desk. Yeah, that is so powerful, you sharing that like that. Um, and I think it's about identifying that, isn't it? And being able to say, this is what I've learned in whatever the circumstance and whatever the experiences are. It takes me really nicely onto my final question. Um, 
as I introduce this podcast, I always say we're here to walk the talk for change. Um, I love the learnings. I love the representation. I love the raising of awareness that these podcasts are all about. But I love to leave it with a bit of a call to action so that people can go and do things to be to really change this industry and, and make it a more inclusive place. So what would your call to action be with regards to what more we should all be doing for workplace inclusion? Yeah. I think, you know, one of the biggest things that we can do for workplace inclusion is really attracting, you know, a diverse set of thought and uh, people that are coming from different backgrounds. And the only way that we can kind of show people in fintech that fintech is open to all is by talking about it and sharing our wins and sharing our achievements and being proud to be like, you know, this is what I've achieved. And it, my call to action is kind of inspired by something Emmanuel said at the on the panel of your book launch, which was for her whole career she had said you know i've been really lucky i've been really lucky i've been really lucky and then someone said to her you know what you're really good at your job and by us sharing you know i'm really good at my job but this is how i'm really good at my job and this is why i'm really good at my job and advertising you know your achievements and making other people see it's possible maybe other people with the same university background or maybe people that have you know taken two years out to go traveling um, and haven't worked in fintech actually since since bloomberg so being able to kind of share those stories and your successes, I think that's a way to inspire people and that will inspire people to the industry and yeah, hopefully bring in people with a di more diverse background. Amazing, that is so, so powerful and so positive and something that we can all get behind and do to make a genuine difference to this industry. It's been absolutely brilliant having you on the Women of Fintech podcast series. I've loved every single moment. Me too, thank you so much for inviting me, it was great. Mm -hmm.